Welcome to Pop Nerd Lounge. I'm your host, Steph Pham. Joining me today from Dallas, Texas, is a fellow music nerd who's versatile and multi-talented. She DJs, she films YouTube videos, and does photography. She also has a definite ear for music, which is why I wanted to bring her onto my podcast. Please welcome Sean Denae. Welcome, Sean. Hey, Steph. Thank you for inviting me. Always a pleasure. Today, I wanted to bring you on for a very specific reason, because we share a love for this one particular artist people may know by the name of Charlie so before we delve into that let's tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got into music and what made you become an avid music lover yeah so i got into music very very young i was about eight years old and i was always you know just getting cd booklets and reading and seeing who produced what and why all the songs that i happen to love were produced by the same people or written by the same people i always thought that was so interesting so that really is what got me into it and then you know as i got older i decided i wanted to make music myself and to dj and play it for other people I'm curious, not average for, you know, a young kid to be like, oh, I want to study who like produced this, who wrote this. What kind of sparked that curiosity? Was it just the fact that you were finding out that this common thread throughout all these songs Mm -hmm. or music that you like? Or what kind of sparked that? Basically, I was reading the album inserts, reading lyrics, and I would see that, you know, various artists, you know, they'd have the same writers or same producers on many of the songs that I liked. So I could pretty much tell if if a certain producer was on a song or a writer, I'd probably already like it. So building off of that, reading about music industry and kind of progressing to the journey of making your own music, what was that bridge? What was that bridge of, like, did you get an instrument when you were young? Did you start messing around with songs and making your own songs or how did that come about yeah i definitely used to i would record songs just off the radio like with you know a a cassette tape when i was a kid everyone used to do that but i used to record songs um off of the radio and i would just analyze just certain parts of songs and i was weird do that all the time. I take a certain part of a song and be like, what instrument What instrument is that? How are they doing that? And basically, I ended up getting a piano as a gift for my parents one Christmas, and I'd spent, you know, hours and hours and hours with that as a kid. And, you know, it's just always been something that I found really, really interesting. What began your journey to DJing? How does one get into DJing? I always have a song for everything. <laughs> so, you know, it, it was kind of a natural thing. I mean, I can speak in song, song titles and song lyrics and so i'm like okay i have to find a use for this <laughs> that you did like i see like your your music interest and i see what you're mixing like either it's behind the scenes of you mixing stuff like mm-hmm. just for fun like on your insta stories or your twitter like is that what consumes a lot of your downtime like is that like what you're thinking about whenever you're not consumed in work is cool oh like i heard this song today and mm-hmm. i wonder if it blends in well yes. with this song <laughs> yes that's most honestly like hmm, i wonder if that's in the same key like and, and and a lot of times i can tell if songs are in the same key just by listening like hmm, i feel like these are probably in the same key and they're probably gonna mash up really well and i spend a lot of time doing that <laughs> Same girl, same. Although I don't have much experience with mixing because I DJ too, but like Mm -hmm. for me, it's more about what fits the mood of the room right now. Mm -hmm. Like what song fits. And that's not what a lot of people understand is so whenever I'm in the booth, people assume my job is just to sit there and press a bunch of buttons and they don't realize that there is a lot of time Mm -hmm. invested in DJing, whether it's curating a set, Mm -hmm. whether it's listening out for music you want to add to the set, where it's building it, it's reading the room, making sure that everybody enjoys what you're putting out there, because not everybody's Mm -hmm. going to. Tell me about that process of like building music and making sure that a gig 
go successfully. Yeah, so you definitely have to, well, it's good if you have an idea of, you know, the crowd you're going to be playing for and you don't want to bring all of your music because that's just too much. <laughs> so you kind of want to pick some songs, you know, that I put them in folders and I kind of assort them through that way. I'll have like line dances and, you know, certain genres or certain songs that I know are going to be hit with the with the crowd that I am playing for. Basically, I spend a lot of time just looking through songs. If I'm like in the car and I hear a song, I will literally text myself the song for later so I go home and download it. You know, I'm always listening for new music or things that I find interesting so that, you know, I always have something fresh or new to play. Oh, same girl. I, I think like I always refer to my like Spotify Discover Now or mm-hmm. my Spotify Release Radar or whatever. Do you use Shazam a lot or when you're when you're out and about, you're like, oh my God, I have to know what the song is. And do you use apps to figure out what you're listening to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Google has, I use Google. Google has it. And also I usually listen to Sirius XM the majority of the time, like when I'm in the car or something. So the the words it's or the title is right there so i'm like texting myself a list of things that i'm hearing in the car <laughs> that is pure dedication man oh my goodness i i love talking about this by the way like you and i i know how that bond where like a lot of people don't get it but we're like oh my gosh we're like always on the search of new music we're like scouring for like what song do we want to fit into our playlist our mm-hmm. set list so i totally get it and i'm loving this now i guess we can take a little break and what we do we're going to come back and we're actually going to delve into the topic of the show which is the one the only charlie poof so we'll be right back and we'll talk to sean a little bit we don't have the time just put your lips on mine fine lady All the crazy little things up in your mind that we'd be doing this minute if we were in the dark. Welcome back, everybody, to Pop Mirror Lounge. I'm here with Sean and A, and we're about to talk about Charlie Puth. Sean, tell us how you discovered Charlie Puth or how you got to be familiar with his music. You know, everyone knows See You Again, right? It was everywhere. Um, and, you know, I, I, everyone had heard that, but I wasn't necessarily, I wouldn't call myself a super fan. I actually ended up seeing him at Jingle Ball, uh, put on by my local radio station, when I went to go see the Backstreet Boys. And I'm like, wow, he's really killing this piano. <laughs> really good and um and then you know i kind of just ignored him for quite some time until i heard we don't talk anymore i actually heard a cover of it and then i was like hmm is this charlie poof song and i want to hear his original version which i really liked and then i start listening to his first album nine track mind and you know i discovered some really awesome you know songs on there that weren't necessarily singles and you know went from there moving from nine track mind to voice notes that transition is that where you became a super mm-hmm. fan absolutely the pop catchy pop sing songy melodic pop music that i love so much <laughs> and i was i was so excited when i heard attention i'm like okay i'm a hardcore fan at this point <laughs> and at that point were you learning more about him mm-hmm. watching interviews and like how he produces his music yeah, I came across a Rolling Stone interview and it showed how he produced attention. I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy is not real. <laughs> and then, you know, Zach saying interviews and realizing he has perfect pitch and he's a dork. You know, because because on during um, the Nine Track Mind era, they tried to you know put him off as this very you know James Deany type you know crooner, and he was like super polished and everything. And then he was like, you know, 
I'm here and I'm a nerd, you know, with this air. And I, I love that. He was like more himself. I definitely agree. You definitely see more of himself with this record versus Night Track Man, I think. Mm-hmm. Even though both albums have personal songs, I definitely think his personality came out more on voice notes. Mm-hmm. The first time I heard voice notes was actually with you. Take me through like what your initial thoughts were whenever you like actually sat down and like got a first listen of the record. So I was I was so excited. Like I, I could not sleep. I never get this excited over albums ever. I don't care. But I was so excited. Like I was shaking. And I was so excited to press play and to listen because I knew he perfectly crafted everything himself and produced it all himself and wrote most of them by himself or maybe one or maybe two other co-writers, but it was majority all him. And so if someone's putting that much work and passion into something, I was definitely excited to hear it. And, you know, and all the singles had been absolute fire. So <laughs> I, I couldn't, I couldn't wait. What were your first favorite songs off the album when you initially heard it? The same as they are now. <laughs> Um, LA Girls and then Boy and Somebody Told Me were probably my initial three favorites. Because I remember sitting there and listening to the record with you mm-hmm. and like you, LA Girls was initially my favorite song. I don't know if it was like just like the catchy melody or if it was my favorite part, honestly, was the hook. Like that you bo- you and I both love, like when he goes three, two, one, Yo, talks to yeah. me. It, yeah, just, I screamed. <laughs> <laughs> it was very Justin Timberlake. <laughs> right. I th- I definitely do see, or not see, I definitely do hear Justin Timberlake influence, kind mm-hmm. of like that early 2000, mm-hmm. like Justin Timberlake influence, definitely some yeah. 90s pop, which I mm-hmm. think you and I have discussed before of that. 90s mm-hmm. pop is all over this record. Mm-hmm. You made a remark recently. I don't know where it was. It might have been on Twitter or maybe Instagram. I think it might have been Instagram, one of your Instagram stories, and you were like showcasing like, a clip from his show, which we will talk about in a second. But I think you were showcasing a little bit of a show, and you were like, look at him disguising pop as jazz. Or, was that on Twitter? Yeah, or, like, no, no, that was Instagram, Instagram story. That was Instagram. Isn't he a genius on that? Disguising pop music, but adding these jazz influences uh-huh, on that? Absolutely. Yeah. And the kids have no idea. <laughs> Right? Unless you listen to this and you're like, yeah. oh, wait, wait, I, I'm familiar <laughs> with that. Like, unless you study a little bit of jazz progression, a little bit of what ja- the jazz background is. But yeah, you can definitely tell that he's trying to disguise jazz music as pop. Did you ever, I don't know if I ever sent it to you. Did you ever hear his jazz version of, what was it, Done, Done for, me? for Me? Oh, yes, yes, of course I have. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. I mean, not that I don't love his original with Kalani, but that jazz version was just, I don't know, it was just delicious and scrumptious. Total, a total audio journey. And just hearing him like improvise on the piano was Mm -hmm. just, you obviously went to his show. So talk to me about like initially booking the tickets where you're like, oh my God, I have to go. Yeah. And and then so talk to me through that process and then leading up to show day and what went through your mind throughout this whole entire process. When the tickets went on sale, I knew, I basically I paid early access because they only opened up like the VIP tickets. Um, And then general release were going to be released a few days later and I wanted to be sure I had a really really good seat so I probably spent more than I should have <laughs> just because I wanted to be sure I got a seat that was relatively close but the seat that I bought came with like a VIP um, experience so I got that and it was a really a really good seat and so I booked that probably the day before they were released because those are the only tickets that were available so I did that and then you know it was torture I waited for half a year <laughs> it felt like oh no it was 
Oh my goodness gracious. Uh, that would be torture for me. So you waited half a year. Okay, so talk to me about show day. You're waking up and you're like, oh my god, I'm going to see Charlie Poof today. Like, what was going on through your head when the show day came? Yeah, so I, if you, if you, if you don't know, I created a shirt that said, what did it say? It said, Max Martin is shook. And <laughs> I Which knew, I love, by the way. I knew no one but hardcore music lovers were going to know what that meant, and I, I knew that. And so I was looking for my people, and I ended up finding someone, by the way, that understood what it meant. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to make sure that I was basically as bright and outrageous as possible, which I think I accomplished. <laughs> and, you know, getting there on time because I work. And the show was like, well, the VIP experience took place at like three in the afternoon. So, uh, <laughs> but I was there and I was like, I was actually first in line, but I left, ended up being like fifth in line uh, to get in. So that was, that was not, that was an interesting experience. <laughs> So you, so you were obviously up there, up close and personal. Uh-huh. What was that like? What was going through like sound check and what was going like? What was being right there like? They gave us these um, these special earbuds. Um, it's called Mix Halo, and basically we were able to hear exactly what he hears through his in ear monitors. So that was really, really cool. Um, So anything he played or anything that he would hear, we heard. So that was really cool. But I think the funniest part of it was when he first came out, none of us really initially realized it was him because he looked like just a, a boy from down the block. He was wearing, like, you know, sweatpants and a a cap. And I thought he was like a stage guy at first. I'm like, wait, wait a minute. (laughs) He looked, he didn't look short, but he didn't, he just looks, you know, well, he is regular and normal, but like, it's a normal boy from down the block. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what was sound check? Like, what was it, what was like just hearing him like, kind of go through that experience, prepare for the show? Like, what was seeing him kind of more in a relaxed element versus a full out on show? Yeah, so he was very funny. He was very observant of the surroundings. Um, he was, you know, just making little jokes. And there was a guy there dressed in all neon and um, had a bright neon green wig on. So he pointed him out. It's making small small talk conversation but it was so exciting just seeing him perform uh, and his band uh, perform they performed three songs how long attention and oh my gosh so much was going on uh, <laughs> it was three songs i can't remember how long an attention right now i recorded the whole thing by the way um oh. but um how long and attention were the ones i can remember right now and it was just so cool to seeing him play the guitar up close and you know just be ridiculous and he was just like right right there was looking right at you it was just it was a fun experience talk to me about the atmosphere because i know that each fandom Mm -hmm. to each artist and musician is different talk to me about your surrounding atmosphere like what was the crowd like and what was being in that auditorium or that theater during the show it was an interesting mixture of people honestly i expected there to be a lot of younger you know girls and there were like 12 year olds there but also people around my age and mid to late 20s a lot of straight guys <laughs> Surprisingly, <laughs> and but they they were there. Um, a lot of them really appreciate his, you know, his artistry and his musicality, and you know, they really appreciate that. So there were a lot of single dudes there, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and I was I was shocked, but that was that was great. And you know, a lot of parents and families, but everyone was so nice, and I, you know, and uh, no one was pushing and shoving and screaming. Everyone seemed to get along really well. So he has a really chill, and uh, you know, a really nice fandom. That is so cool. My favorite part during any show has to be when the show starts and that build up, whether they're playing some kind of mm-hmm. interlude or some kind of intro. Did your heart and your adrenaline just go racing at that point? Absolutely. <laughs> he came out to Michael Jackson's um, uh, PYT and I was like, 
okay, this is awesome. And, well, we didn't know who's about to come out. The song started playing, so everyone was dancing. All of a sudden, like, it gets dark, and this curtain drops, and there he was, and I was about to lose it. (laughs) (laughs) I would have lost it right next to you. Whenever I went to the Justin Timberlake show, Mm -hmm. one of the things that I absolutely loved about his show was the flow of it. Did his set list have, like, a certain flow to it? Did the songs kind of flow right one into the other he he would occasionally you know do a little bit of banter in between songs but yeah pretty much they flowed right into the other and what's cool about charlie is he's a musical genius so he would like play the guitar and it would like slowly trans you didn't realize he was he was, he was doing it but he would like start playing chords and then all of a sudden the other song was playing you know because it was <laughs> seamless he was like taking chords from the other song and you know strategically you know slowly arranging them so they kind of fade into the other song and that was amazing oh that charlie is a genius <laughs> what was your favorite part of the show was there a certain song that stood out or was it just hearing the song live like oh, somebody what? told me oh i'm sorry no, <laughs> i was go, excited no, no, go ahead yeah somebody told me so seeing that yeah, live so what was that like that song um it's really really hype and upbeat i did not i didn't expect everyone to basically go crazy like they did everyone was jumping up and down and it's just so bouncy and fun and you want to scream it and that's what everyone was doing it was it's a great song to perform live and i bet hearing his voice live is something different because mm-hmm. a lot of artists you're kind of like okay are they gonna live up to the record mm-hmm. like are they gonna live up to the studio recording and i bet i bet because i've seen videos but i bet with 100 percent without a doubt that he sounds just as good as a record as he does live <laughs> absolutely i mean his voice did not crack it was absolutely perfect and you know artists he wasn't like obviously he's not a dancer he wasn't dancing but he was jumping around and everything and his voice was clear and perfect the entire show and loud and he was you know had these really long notes and it was just it was so it was crazy and actually my sister ended up going along with me she didn't even want to go she's not a fan at all um ended up with a really close seat and was like wow Wow, I was shocked at how, you know, how good his voice sounded live. It was amazing. And at any point, did you, was there any song that just hit you in the feels that just absolutely just, oh crap, like hearing this live just hit me hard in the feels? Was there any song like that whenever he sang in the show? Boy, for sure. <laughs> it's, it's my favorite. I was I, I was losing it by that point. Oh, and Suffer. And it wasn't because he took off his shirt. I could have actually done without that, by the way. <laughs> it, it, it's just, it's so funny because he, it, not that he's not attractive because he is, but it was just like watching a nerd slowly take off his shirt. And I was like, it was kind of awkward. I was like, this is so <laughs> And you're right there too. You're like right up there in the yeah. front. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah, oh. and I heard his mother was like, he needs to put his shirt back on. But you know, it was <laughs> Supper was good because of the he has a really nice um basically jazz intro that he's playing on the keyboard, which is really, really nice. And that was probably my second favorite to hear live why would you recommend people go see him live because there's so many concerts to choose from but why should they go see charlie poof live he is an unreal musician like a literal savant genius i'm not just saying that i'm not lying and if you like music at all um, or care about making music at all or really have a deep appreciation for music i definitely recommend you go to his show because i mean this guy is creating these songs from the ground up and it's putting his all into them and i mean he knows what he's doing he's very strategic about what he's doing but i mean it's just they're so different and fresh and they don't really sound like anything else you're hearing on the radio right now he's just basically a genius and i 
there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to be a legend. There's no doubt. It's just a matter of when. I completely agree. Would you go through this experience again? Would you see Charlie Poof live again and like VIP do the whole thing over again? Absolutely. I wish the only thing I am about the VIP that I was not super happy about, there's a lot of waiting, but the, it was fun. I mean, it was so awesome seeing him in an intimate setting like that and, you know, watching him be his goofy self talking about random things about friends and the ceiling fans and like he was talking about a bunch of different things. And yeah, absolutely I would. I, I absolutely would. Did you feel a certain different interaction with him versus other artists? Because I know a lot of artists that are just like, I'm just going to sing, sing, sing a song mm-hmm. after song after song. But I like artists who actually, I think you mentioned it, where they insert a little banter between each song. They kind of talk mm-hmm. either with the crowd or they let you know the inside scoop on why they wrote a particular mm-hmm. song. Was that something that made his show special? Yes, absolutely. He, you could tell he was looking out into the crowd and, tr- you know, and finding, trying to find a way to connect with the people that showed up. And whether people had random signs or weird props he tried to point out and look at everything that anyone was holding up and it was just you know it was hilarious like at one point someone had these big they're called fat heads of his face and he's like what dark website did you get that from you know and he was just trying to you know just really connect with everyone that was there and that was that was that was a great a great experience Oh my goodness. Oh I forgot to ask you was there mm-hmm. an opener for his show was there oh, an opening yeah. act Haley Seinfeld, and she is uh, she's a pretty popular actress, um, and she was the opener. And I knew a lot of her songs without really knowing it because I'm not a huge Haley Seinfeld fan. But she has a lot of hits that I didn't even realize were necessarily hers. And she was she had dances with her and really 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 awesome production. And her voice is amazing. She's a lot of fun to watch. That is great. Oh my goodness, Sean! I've had an absolute pleasure talking about Charlie Poo with you. This has been so much fun. And before we leave and before we wrap this up, why don't you give maybe the three top Charlie Poo songs that everybody has to listen to, everybody has to add to their playlist. If you give me three songs that everybody needs to listen to from Charlie Poo, what would they be? Um, River. It's from the first album, Nine Track Mind. Uh, Boy, for sure, because there's like a jazz solo in the middle who does that. (laughs) And there's like a fade out. Uh, Boy. And uh, let's see. Let's try to take it old school. So something he had unreleased or basically a release before he was signed is called Enemy. And I'm pretty sure it samples the police, but it's called Enemy. If you look, look it up on YouTube, you'll find it. So those are three really, really great tracks. And yeah, they really show his artistry and just how much of a genius that he is. Before I close this off, Sean, do you want to tell people where they can find you? Because I'm sure that we're going to want to follow up with how much knowledge that you're dropping out on us. We definitely want to follow you up on your DJ career. Where can everybody find you on social media? So I'm Sean Denae on everything, literally anything <laughs> and everything. <laughs> Easy to find me. Thank you so much for joining me. I want to thank my guest, Sean Denae. Thank you for talking about Charlie Puth with us. I'm sure all the Charlie Puth fans felt your excitement and people who didn't get a chance to go see him definitely appreciate your take on what going to a Charlie Puth show is like. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it was an amazing experience. I think his show is ending in a couple of days, but if you have the chance to see him at any point, definitely do it. I agree. I'm hoping to see him on his next tour. I was a little bummed that he wasn't near me. Well, I guess the closest one 
one would be the show that mm-hmm. you went to, but I'm actually going to my home state, hopefully next tour, but I definitely plan on seeing him on his next tour, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, Sean, thank you so much. Today, I had Sean Denae as my guest, and we got to know a little bit more about who she is and how she got into DJ and producing. We also discussed a little bit about Charlie Puth, how she got into his music, what she thought about his album voice notes, and what she, her takes were on his show, his actual voice notes tour show that she went to. So I want to thank her for talking about Charlie Puth with me, and I also want to thank you guys for listening, and I hope you guys come back to nerd out with me more about pop culture. So for Pop Nerd Lounge, I'm Steph Bam. But you Get caught up messing with these LA girls.